Right, hello, this is attempt two at doing this. Uh, welcome back to Small Screen Stories. This is the show where I go over all the news in the world of entertainment, entertainment and pop culture. I'm Edward Lauder, I'm the editor of Small Screen. And uh, if you can like and subscribe, that'd be brilliant if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're watching over uh, on Facebook, then please like the video, share the video, like the page as well. That'd be great if you could do that. Uh, right, um, you could also listen to this as a podcast. You can listen to this as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts at Small Screen Stories. And if you're listening on um, Apple Podcasts, sorry, then please uh, give us five stars. That'd be really good if you could do that. Right, let's get right into the news. I'm going to go over quite quickly because I did try and do this once before and it failed because uh, for some reason my Mac, my uh, sorry, my laptop, not a Mac, uh, decided to crash on me. But let's go straight into the main uh, news of the day. And that's that Ray Fisher has revealed that his cyborg character has been removed from the Flash film. So he revealed this in a really lengthy Twitter statement. So I did try and read this before. Uh, I actually read the whole thing and then didn't realize that my uh, <laughs> my camera had frozen. So basically the main thing he said is I've re- I received official confirmation that Warner Brothers Pictures has, has decided to remove me from the cast of The Flash. Uh, he said then, I strongly disagree with their decision, but it's one that's, that's unsurprising. He then goes into... Uh, basically explain why he doesn't want to work with someone like Walter Hamada anymore, who he did previously call a danger, the most dangerous kind of enabler. So that was a big thing for him to do. Uh, he basically said that Walter Hamada was protecting Jeff Johns, and um, Jeff Johns is still part of the kind of DC universe team. Like, he's still there. He's still working there. The ones that aren't working there anymore are Joss Whedon and uh, John Berg. They're the two that have been, they've got, they've been gotten rid of. And he talks a lot about the Justice League investigation and basically uh, why, what happened there. He's basically saying that Walter Hamada tried to undermine that investigation, which is a big statement to make. He said that he had a, a like a 50-odd minute call with Walter Hamada and basically that he, he, he kept on trying to stop him from saying, uh, Walter Hamada kept on trying to stop him from saying anything publicly and saying that it was above his pay grade and that uh, he made a joke about not about not wanting um, Ray to put him on Twitter about this. So there's a lot of stuff there. Go and read it for yourselves because it's a big, big like bit of chunk of text that he's put out there. It's It's big. It's really, really big. The interesting thing about this, though, is that then... Uh, Warner Brothers' CEO, so uh, Anne, I'm blanking on her last name. Um, Let's get a nice bad gateway uh, thing there. So Anne Sarnoff, sorry, released a statement via The Hollywood Reporter. Basically, in the statement, she said that he... Uh, that she believed she did not believe that Walter Hamada impeded or interfered in the investigation. So she says, I believe in Walter Hamada and that he did not impede or interfere in the investigation. Furthermore, I have full confidence in the investigation's process and findings. Walter is a, ro- a well-respected leader known by his colleagues, peers and... Um, Sorry, and as a man of great character and integrity, as I said, Walter, his recent deal um, extension announcement, I'm excited about where he's taking DC Films and look forward to working with him and the rest of the team to build out the DC multiverse. So she's very much on his side. This is this is such a weird situation that's happening at Warner Media and Warner Brothers. It's a mess. It's a complete mess. Um, should they get rid of? Uh, Ray Fisher. Well, it looks like they've done that. That they're not. They're not having him in the Flash movie, and it was reported before that he was that Cyborg was going to be a big part of that film. So that's not good for for him. That's not good. Really, not good for Walter. Um, sorry, Ray Fisher. I'm a bit worried about Ray Fisher's career. I do think that. Um, 
<laughs> I do I do think that it's something that's um that he might not regret, but I'm just a bit worried about if will people in Hollywood really want to work with him after this? I hope they do because he's actually I think he's a really good actor. And I am Kevin Feige paying <laughs> attention to the chat. Uh, yeah, and um, I- I'm glad to see that a lot of people are standing with Ray Fisher because this is a really, it's a really dangerous thing for him to do. Like, he's basically nuking his career over this, and this is why I'm worried about it because, but it's also, he's making, he's taking a stand, which is really, really important. Um, and yeah, Jeff Johns did suck. <laughs> I've got Kevin Feige in the chat right now, and he, he's uh, he's amusing. Uh, I, I do not believe it's the real Kevin Feige. I think I know who it is. I, I, I know who it is. I know who you are. Um, yeah, so I'm a bit... Uh, that's what I'm a bit worried about. If Hopefully, fingers crossed, he'll be okay. He'll get something else after this. I, I actually do wonder whether this is the end of Ray Fisher's time in the DC films. It sounds like he doesn't... I mean, this he's kind of... If you read his statement, he kind of says that. He says, if this is the end, then I'm fine with that, which is good for him. But um, I, <laughs> I'll say hi to everyone. God, it, Kevin Feige, you're very, very active in the chat. It's nice to have people that are very active. Uh, and thank you very much for being back with me, guys, after that little um, <laughs> that little hiccup earlier. So let me know what you guys think about this. Do you stand with Ray Fisher? Let me know in the comments below. Are you worried at all about Ray Fisher's career? Which is really that's that's the over that's the the feeling that I have uh, really over everything else. So let me know in the comments below. Right, uh, next story is uh, Ray Fisher. Uh, sorry, not Ray Fisher. <laughs> that was the first story. Is Kevin Feige? So Kevin Feige's revealed that he has. Um, no, he has no one in mind to play Wolverine in the MCU. So let me know if um, Kevin Feige. Actually, apparently Kevin Feige is saying that Ray Fisher is cast in the new MCU. So which which character is he playing? Let me know which character is Ray Fisher playing in the MCU. I'd love to see him in the MCU. I think that'd be a good a good place for him to be. But yeah, so Ke- um, Kevin Feige basically said that they don't have anyone in mind for Wolverine, which is interesting because you would expect that they'd have someone in line. There have been lots of rumors about who could play the role. There are people like Taron Egerton often um, connected to the role, Dacre Montgomery. This was in an interview with Collider where he said, um, Collider, was, uh, Collider asked him, in your mind, have you cast who you want to be Wolverine or is it still too far out? And Kevin Feige just said no. So yeah, he d- they don't know who, who it's going to be. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, so Kevin Feige doesn't know. So let me know in the chat who you think should be the next Wolverine. Do you think it should be someone like Dacre Montgomery? Do you think it should be? Uh, full disclosure: We've been told that Dacre Montgomery is is in talks, at least, for a role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And the role that we were told was for Johnny Storm. So will will Hugh Jackman come back? I don't personally think that will ever happen, uh, but. <laughs> Uh, I would love to see him come back in some capacity, but I don't think that's ever going to happen, unfortunately. It's just one of those things. Uh, Let me know who you think should play Wolverine in the comments below. If there's anyone I haven't mentioned, those are the two names that often come up, Dacre Montgomery and Taron Egerton, but let me know who you think should be the next Wolverine or the first Wolverine in the MCU. Right, moving on, and moving on to Doctor Strange 2. Wow, this is is an article that I had a lot of fun writing because according to Daniel Rickman, who is, I like to call him a serial scoopster. He is someone that throws a lot of stuff out there and uh, he's very, very hit and miss. If you want to like know about his scoops, then you have to pay on his Patreon page, which I'm a bit like, okay, mate. 
uh, fine. We don't pay for his scoops. We ha- there have been people in the past saying that we must pay for them. No, I get them from other sources who obviously pay for them. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know how they get them. But the latest one, as he said, that Doctor Strange 2 will, report- will reportedly feature vampire and werewolves. So he's really just coming up with just a load of rubbish. It should, <laughs> should be here to it. Yeah, I think Taron Edgerton would be a good uh, Wolverine. Um, so... Uh, what does this mean? Well, honestly, as far as I'm aware and, and concerned, vampires and werewolves are not going to be in Doctor Strange 2. I think it'd be quite cool, but uh, I really, really don't. <laughs> I really, really don't think that's happening. Because, first off, they've got so much other stuff to deal with. They've got the multiverse of madness to deal with. Maybe within the multiverse of madness, there'll be some sort of vampires or, or werewolves in there. I think that, that vampires will be first introduced in the MCU, I think in Blade. Maybe one of the Disney Plus TV shows, but I think they're going to be they're going to wait for something like Blade to really introduce that sort of thing. Werewolves, you know what? I don't think werewolves are ever coming to the MCU. I'm going to be honest about that. Uh, so it's just one of those things that I I really really think that this is Daniel Rickman just throwing stuff out there, trying to see what sticks, and that's how uh, he ends up getting some things right. Maybe Halloween costumes on kids. Yes, maybe that could be the way. Maybe that's what Daniel Rickman meant. Maybe he meant that they're going to be vampire. There's going to be a scene set at Halloween where people are dressed as vampires and werewolves. And I bet if that happens, he'll claim that to be a scoop that is right. <laughs> what, what do you think about that, guys? Let me know in the comments below. Right, moving on. And moving on to Macaulay Culkin. So Macaulay Culkin has actually basically said that he thinks that Donald Trump should be digitally removed from Home Alone 2. Uh, he responded to two tweets in which they offered their replacements for that scene. There's that scene in Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, where Donald Trump turns up. Full disclosure, I prefer Home Alone 2 to Home Alone 1, but that Donald Trump um, <laughs> that uh, that Donald Trump cameo is uh, quite jarring. It comes out of nowhere, really, and uh, he's bad at playing himself. So that's 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 a first. Uh, people that are bad at playing themselves. I think the only one I can think of is Gordon Ramsay, who played himself. Uh, so pff, yeah, basically Macaulay Culkin wants Donald Trump digitally removed from that scene. Other other people in like. It was quite fun on Twitter. People were coming up with their with their possible replacements. One replacement was Keanu Reeves. I'd love to see that. One replacement was Macaulay Culkin meeting Kevin McAllister. So an old, well, current, you know, to present day Macaulay Culkin meeting Kevin McAllister. I'd love to see that. Um, have I seen and have I heard anything about the Morbius film? Uh, somebody said it was bad. I haven't seen the Morbius film. I haven't heard anything about the Morbius film, but you know what? I don't think it's going to be very good. Um, that's just my honest opinion because these Sony films, they haven't been the best movies. I've personally really quite enjoyed like Venom. I thought Venom was, Venom for me is a guilty pleasure and that's very much what these films are going to be. The one I'm really excited for is um, <laughs> is uh, the uh, is uh, Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage, because that's being directed by uh, Andy Serkis, who I have great respect for and I think is actually a very, very good director. So I'm very excited for that. And um, as that I'm just answering questions now that are in the chat. Uh, so as far as far as uh, Home Alone 2 is concerned, I actually think Disney is going to remove him because Disney now owns the Home Alone uh, franchise and it's on Disney Plus. So they'll probably just get rid of that scene entirely. They can get rid of that scene. And uh, have I? <laughs> oh, Kevin Feige is a big fan of the Orville. Yes, it's been delayed. You can go and read James Simon's uh, article on small screen. 
Um, <laughs> so I think they should, anyway, going back to Home Alone 2, I think they should re remove the scene entirely and just have, and just be done with it. But let me know what you guys think about that in the comments below. Do you like Home Alone 2? Is it your favorite Home Alone, uh, like it is mine? Let me know in the comments below. Right, moving on, moving on to what I think is the weirdest story of the day, and that's the Army Hammer has left uh, the movie Shotgun Wedding. He was gonna star in that film with uh, Jennifer Lopez, and he revealed that he's leaving the movie. Why is he leaving the movie? Well, I did some research into this, and it is mad. It's mental what's been going on online. So it's being alleged that Army Hammer's been sending uh, very odd messages to people on Instagram. Messages are basically saying that he wants to eat people. So again, this is alleged, this is not official, like Army Hammer's actually denied these allegations made against him. Um, but it's interesting to see that he's actually left the project uh, because of this. So he said uh, in a statement via Variety, I'm not, I'm not responding to these bullshit claims, sorry the language, but in the light um, of vicious and spurious attacks online against me, I cannot in good conscience now leave my children for four months to shoot a film in the Dominican Republic. Lionsgate is supporting me in this and I'm grateful to them for that. To me, this sounds like he's been fired. I'm going to be honest. It sounds to me like uh, <laughs> it, it's, it, it sounds to me like Army Hammer was fired. Uh, I'm seeing people in the chat saying this is true. Um, or is it true? No. Someone said it's true. But pff, I don't know. I really don't know. Uh, it's, Army Hammer's a weird guy, you see. And he, he does this kind of stuff. Nom nom. Thanks, thanks Kevin Feige. He does this kind of stuff online where he, he, he tries to be as shocking as he possibly can. If he really was sending messages like that to people online, then he, he rightly so, he should have been fired. The thing is, we don't, we don't really know. They're allegations at the moment. He's saying they're not true. Um, we'll have to wait and see. To be honest, though, Shotgun Wedding, it's not, it wasn't going to be that big a film. He's still going to be in the Call Me By Your Name sequel, which is being directed by Luca Guadagnino. And, um, I mean, we're going to have to wait and see what happens. Did Bob Iger donate to the Trump campaign? Hmm. Kevin, Kevin Feige, let me know. Let me know if that's true. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'd be surprised to see if that... I don't think Bob Iger would have uh, donated to Trump, but maybe. Let me know. Right, let's move away from like that sort of news and onto uh, a, a feature that was written by Hamish uh, on the site. And Hamish did a really cool thing and he went ahead and ranked the, James, the Daniel Craig James Bond movies from uh, worst, well, yeah, worst to best. And this is in honor of <laughs> the movie that was supposed to be coming out relatively soon, um, No Time to Die, it was supposed to be coming out in April. So it's actually been revealed that that film's going to be delayed until November. So that means it's had a whole... That I think that may, means it would be delayed f over well over a year now, that film. So without further ado, let's rank... This is, again, Hamish's rankings. And I actually kind of agree with him on this. So, so far, uh, Daniel Craig's been in four James Bond movies. He's going to be in five. No Time to Die will be his final Bond film. So in fourth position, we have Spectre directed by Sam Mendes. So Spectre, yes, I agree. I think that is the worst. It's, it's between two of them for me. But I think Spectre, because it promised so much and it's Sam Mendes, 
it was just such a huge disappointment. And that, of course, that's probably one of the reasons why we're getting No Time to Die in Daniel Craig's final Bond movie, because Spectre was originally going to be the final one for him, but that film was so bad that I think he wanted to do another one. So he's doing another one with Carrie Fukunaga. In number three, we have Quantum of Solace, directed by Mark's Fo- Mark Foster. So Mark Foster actually directed uh, GoldenEye and Casino Royale. And then he had another shot at directing another Bond movie called Quantum of Solace, which was absolute rubbish. It was terrible, but it also really, really struggled because of the writer's strike in in Hollywood. So that's one of the main reasons why... why uh, why that film ended up suffering, really, why it was so bad. So Quantum of Solace is, is just terrible. And as I said before, it's often between those two for me, or either Spectre. I would probably put Quantum of Solace as his worst film personally, but it's a very close thing. So then Hamish then put Casino Royale in at number two, directed by Martin Campbell. Oh, no, Mark Foster, sorry, he didn't direct... Uh... No, Mark Foster didn't direct um, Casino Royale. What did Mark Foster direct? Oh, Mark Foster directed World War Z, I think, is the film he directed. Uh, right, so Casino Royale in at number two, directed by Martin Campbell. Martin Campbell was the one that directed GoldenEye. Uh, I think Casino Royale is a brilliant film. It was a great introduction uh, for Daniel Craig's Bond. It stands the test of time as well, has a brilliant uh, villain in Mads Mikkelsen. And actually, personally, I would put that in at my number one, but Hamish put it in in his number two. And in at number one, he put Skyfall, Sam Mendes. And you know what? I love Skyfall. I think Skyfall is a really, really good, a really good Bond film. And I think so, as you can see that and see that Daniel Craig's been in two good Bond films and two bad Bond films, which is, it's all right. That's fine. You know, that, 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 that to me is fine. Hopefully No Time to Die will be brilliant and then can round off his, uh, his Bond, uh, his time as Bond perfectly. So that means he would be in three good Bond films and two bad ones. That's better than most of the actors that have played Bond. Full disclosure, I'm a massive fan of James Bond. It's one of the reasons why I love uh, cinema and I'm really excited for this next Bond film, but, you know, we're going to have to wait for it a bit. I think Craig has, for me, Craig has been one of the best Bonds. I'd probably put him up there with, I mean, I kind of grew up with Piers Brosnan as Bond, so I do have a love for, for that version of James Bond. But again, I can watch the movies and basically he's only been in one good Bond film, which was Goldeneye. The rest are utter rubbish. Like really, as movies, they're terrible. But Goldeneye is all right. I think it's pretty good. So, but Daniel Craig, I've said this time and time again, I do think Daniel Craig, along with probably Timothy Dalton, was the best actor ever to play James Bond. Uh, I think the others, uh, Sean Connery can only kind of do James Bond, really. I mean, he's been in some other films where he's been okay. He got an Oscar for basically doing a very bad Irish accent in The Untouchables. But uh, I, I look at Roger Moore, and Roger Moore's kind of the same. George Lazenby wasn't a good Bond, but I actually think he was probably in the best Bond film. I think uh, On Her Majesty's Secret Service is a really good Bond film, just with a very bad Bond. And uh, who else was there then? Then there was Timothy Dalton, and I think Timothy Dalton's actually a really good actor, and and actually I think he was a very good Bond. He was kind of the more rough-and-ready Bond. Um, So I think Brosnan gets away with it a bit because he kind of has the right look. He's definitely so far the best-looking Bond, I'd say. Um, But Timothy Dalton I always had a massive affinity for, and um, again, as I said before, George Lazenby's Bond wasn't good, but that Bond film was actually very good. If you if you are to watch it again, really, or watch a Bond movie again, I would recommend you watch On Her Majesty's Secret Service again because it's the film 
along with Casino Royale, it's the the one movie that I've watched, the Bond film that I've watched, where you actually believe him to be a human being. All the other films, Bond is basically a robot and um, a womanizing one at that. But let me know what your favorite Bond films, uh, Daniel Craig Bond films and Bond films in general are in the comments below. I'm seeing a lot of love for Timothy Dalton and Piers Brosnan. So... You know, let's wait and see. Uh, hopefully this final Bond film, this final Daniel Craig Bond film could be, is going to be brilliant. I hope it is. Um, we'll have to wait and see. As for who will play Bond next, your guess is as good as mine. Let me know your, your guesses for the next Bond in the comments below and maybe you can claim that to be a scoop. Right, talking of scoops, let's talk about uh, Lars Mikkelsen. So we've, we've been informed by our sources that Lars Mikkelsen has officially signed on the dotted line to play um, the live-action version of Thrawn in the Ahsoka Tano series and actually other future live-action Star Wars projects, is what I was told. So this is big news. This is something that we were told before by the, some of the same sources that told us about this today. Um that Lars Mikkelsen was in talks. So I'll get the article up. One of the things I'll say before is that um, I do actually, these are sources that I really do trust. So this is something I really, I really, really am putting my neck out on this. Uh, so it was revealed recently by um, Kessel Run Transmissions that the Ahsoka Tano uh, series is actually going to be about the search for Ezra Bridger and linked to that will be the search for Thrawn, which is why Ahsoka Tano in The Mandalorian Season 2 was looking for Thrawn because it seems as though the two will still be kind of linked in some way. If you watch Star Wars Rebels, then you'll know that the two of them ended that season going off into the unknown regions, not together, but stuck on a ship. And that was Ezra Bridges doing to save his friends. So I'll bring up the article here. So Lars Mikkelsen has signed on to star as Thrawn in the Ahsoka Tano um, spin-off show. So the first source said, it's all done. I can confirm that Lars Mikkelsen will be playing Thrawn in live action in the Ahsoka Tano series. The deal might also include other Star Wars live action shows beyond Ahsoka. I'll let you know. So I'll let, <laughs> they'll let me know. They haven't got back to me yet. Um, and then Dave Filoni's been, this is another source, sorry. Dave Filoni's been very keen on getting Lars to play Thrawn in live action. He was his only real choice for the role. It does look like he's signed on to play the Rebels character he voiced in the animated show. It also seems as though Lars will be playing Thrawn in other Star Wars live action shows as well, not just Ahsoka. So I think this is great news because I think there's no one better for the role than Lars Mikkelsen. Of course, he is the brother uh, of um, of uh, Mads Mikkelsen. So what's Basically, I've been I've been hearing a lot of people suggesting names. So there's like Benedict Cumberbatch. I've heard Ian Glenn being um, uh, chosen. People choosing him for the role. Jason Isaac, Anthony Starr, who's in The Boys, uh, Lee Pace, John Hamm. I've even seen people suggest Robert Downey Jr. And that, of course, is because there've been rumors that he's going to come to the Mandalorian, going to be involved in the Mandalorian. He's good friends with John Favreau. Those uh, none of those names are right for the role. None of them, even though people have put them in blue <laughs> makeup online. Um, the only one that's really, as, as far as I'm concerned, and Dave Filoni seems to agree with me, the only person that can really do the character justice in live action is the one that voiced him in the show, and that's Mads, um, Mads Mikkelsen's brother, Lars. Uh, he's the older of the two siblings, and uh, I think he's brilliant. If you've seen him in um, Sherlock, he played, I can never remember his character's name. He's a villain in Sherlock. Uh, if you know the name, uh, please let me know in the, in the comments. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, Sil should be thrown. But um, I think he'd be quite good, actually. Uh, but the thing about uh, Lars is he doesn't just have the voice. He has the face. He has a very kind of 
angular face, which just would look, I think it would look really good in the makeup. And uh, he's very tall, I think he's six foot five. So he'd really be a, a presence. And that's what Thrawn is. Thrawn, all the other actors, they're, they're kind of not quite right. They're a bit too short. Thrawn is a tall guy. He, he's, um, he's lean. You can tell that he's, you know, he's part of the Chiss. So he's very, very agile as well. And he, I think, and this Thrawn is going to be older than the ones we've known from the books. So it kind of matches perfectly, which is probably why Dave Filoni was so adamant in getting him to play the role. I was specifically told this was Dave Filoni's choice for the role. And it seems as though Dave Filoni is someone that's actually paying attention to this sort of stuff and really does factor in not just his own opinion of things, but also uh, what the fans would like. And I, I can see a lot of hardcore uh, Star Wars Rebels fans really going for this, really going for La Lars Mikkelsen and saying from the very beginning that they want Lars Mikkelsen to play the role because he'd be perfect. Not only does he have the right voice, because he is the voice, but he has the right look as well. So yeah, that's the scoop. What do you guys think about this? Are you excited about this? Let me know in the comments below. He wasn't Moriarty. He was Klaus Anderson or something like that. And he's uh, he was a really good, uh, a really really good um, villain, but wasn't used properly in that. It basically, he joined the show Sherlock when the show got bad, which was a shame. That was I think he was the he was the villain right after Moriarty uh, killed himself. Uh, right, so moving on, uh, this is now the TV section of the show. So I already mentioned that the Kessel Run Transmission uh, Kessel Run Transmission podcast said that the Ahsoka spin-off series will be about the search for Ezra Bridger. So I'll move on from that. So now onto a geekosity scoop, and that's that Marvel is reportedly planning on making horror-based TV shows for Disney Plus Star. So that's Disney Plus Star here in Europe and Hulu in the United States. This is something I've wanted to see for a very long time, and I'm really happy to see uh, Mikey Sutton report on this because it just makes so much sense. It makes so much sense that this is what they should do. We've already heard that uh, Deadpool 3 is going to be R-rated, so they're obviously open to the idea of doing R-rated things uh, within the Marvel Cinematic Universe now, and part of this will be these R-rated TV shows. So these TV shows, here's what... Um, I'll, I'll read what Mikey Sutton wrote in his brilliant... Uh, article. So, such a situation will enable Feige to create MCU horror shows without having to water them down. Simultaneously, they can fully embrace the MCU under Feige's creative guidance, unlike the recent cancelled Hellstrom, the last gasp of uh, Jeff Loeb's Marvel TV. So he also went on to say that basically some of the properties could include Tomb of, Dra of Dracula, Adventure into Fear, Deathlock, Clear, and Ghost Rider. I'm not familiar with Deathlock and Clear, but if you guys are in the comments, please let me know. Um, this is something that I am personally very excited to see because I love horror. Horror is my favorite genre. So fingers crossed this will be really, really good. Let me know if this is something that you'd like to see in the comments. Which horror, like horror Marvel property would you like to see come to life in kind of in TV show form? Uh, I think a lot of it might end up linking with Blade. I think Blade will be R-rated. That's I'm pretty sure that's that's happening. That's going to be R-rated. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Right, another geekosity scoop, and that's that She-Hulk is rumored to face the Juggernauts and other mutants in the Disney Plus series. So She-Hulk is going to be a really important show, I think, for the Marvel Cinematic Universe because it's going to bring in a lot of... Um, it's going to bring in a lot of these uh, new, possibly, uh, MCU characters, but also some old characters. And I'll go into that in a minute. Uh, so we already know it's going to be 10 episodes long. Each episode will be 30 minutes. So here is what Mikey Sutton wrote in his scoop. 
She-Hulk won't just be representing superheroes on her upcoming Disney Plus TV series, but mutants as well. Since all mutants are not are, are, are sorry, not all mutants are on the heroic side. The villains and ones will be seeking assistance from the emerald-skinned attorney, according to insiders. The juggernaut will be among among them. The question I have for Mikey is: Is Vinnie Jones going to be coming back to play the juggernaut? I don't think that's happening. But uh, of course. Um, the, the Juggernaut was actually already in the um, in the Deadpool movies. I think he was in Deadpool 2. So he's already been involved. It looks like they're going to bring him into the MCU, which is great. I love that news. That's something that I am very much looking forward to. Right, so the final bit of news today. Uh, again, I did tell you it was going to be a slightly shorter show. I've, this is my second run at it. So the final bit of news is that Kevin Feige has said that Marvel Netflix characters are on the board for the MCU. So what does that mean? So he revealed this in an, an interview with The Hollywood Reporter. Kevin Feige, you have been doing a lot of interviews recently. Uh, and you've also, in my chat, which is very, very kind of you, if you have any any scoops for me, please drop them in the chat. So we've been hearing rumors about John Bernthal's The Punisher coming, Charlie Cox's Daredevil coming, Finn Jones's Iron Fist coming, Michael Coulter's Luke Cage uh, not so much about uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage, but Kristen Ritter yesterday, it was, it was uh, reported that she's coming back and she's actually going to be in, she- in uh, She-Hulk as uh, Jessica Jones. So basically, Kevin Feige's been dropping little hints all over the place. In this interview with, uh, with The Hollywood Reporter, here's what he had to say. Everything is on boards. That's, that's uh, one of the fun things about the comics is that uh, characters would appear, would appear and disappear and come and go. All of it is an inspiration for, for the future. There are some great characters from those shows. Um, so, and then where was the, I, need, I needed the actual quote. So, sorry, I'm going to take this off right here. So it's at the very end, he says... Uh, he goes everything is on everything is on the board so this is after uh he was asked if they'll be bringing in the characters from the netflix shows into the mcu so he said everything is on the board that's one of the fun things about the comics and the characters would appear and disappear come and go all of this is inspiration for the future there are some uh, great characters and actors from those shows so he's basically saying that they're coming is what he's saying (laughs) scoop keanu Reeves is playing every mcu character great news but no, that's not happening. Uh, I think Kevin Feige is going a bit mad. But <laughs> so basically, um, it seems as though they're getting ready to bring them all back, which is I'm very happy for. I think it's great news. I think like, for instance, I think John Bernthal and Charlie Cox and Chris and Ritter are all perfectly cast in their roles. I also think Michael, Co- Michael Coulter is brilliant. I think Finn Jones was the one that was a little bit on the edges, really. And I think that a lot of that wasn't his fault. He wasn't given enough time to prepare for that role. He wasn't, I, I mean, I've said this before. I I, uh, I went to um, a school that was linked to Finn Jones's school. So actually, um, yeah, anyway. Uh, and I know for a fact that he wasn't given enough time to really learn uh, how to do martial arts and stuff like that. So that really showed, especially in the first season of that show. But I actually think he's a really good uh, Iron Fist. So it seems as though that they might be bringing those characters back. What do you think about that? Is this something you really want to see? I know a lot of people out there really want to see the Defenders, the, the Netflix Defenders on in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Seems as though Kevin Feige's thinking about that. Let me know what your what your thoughts are in the comments below. And with that, I'll say goodbye. Thank you so much for watching uh, and sticking with me. Uh, so uh, you can follow Small Screen everywhere on uh, at Small Screen Co. That's on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. 
And uh, what else can you do? You can also listen to this as a podcast at, uh, at Small Screen Stories. I put this out later as a podcast. And you can also follow me at EJ Lauder on Twitter. If that's something you'd like to do, then please do. If you'd also like to write for us, you can. You can email me at uh, hello at small-screen.co.uk with your pitches. We pay our writers and I love to see people writing for the site because that's what the site's about. It's about people that are passionate about pop culture and writing about it. So that is something that really, really means a lot to me. I've had a lot of brilliant writers and I'm hoping to have even more in 2021. And with that, I'll say goodbye. Thanks again for watching and I'll see you next week. Have a great weekend and goodbye.